0: tech with abu where you can listen anywhere on your portable devices this is a series of episodes with different topics discussed on disabilities different backgrounds religious sports technology and people in the disability section because we're always trying to be equal and be equalized with everyone so you can listen to this on your various platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, Acast, Google Podcasts or any other platforms, online podcast services that are out there and you're joined with your host Abu Bakr, the podcast called Sport Tech with Abu. So subscribe, like, comment and share.
1: Hello and on this episode of Sport Tech with Abu you'll hear Ben Atkins, the former president of the Oral Health Foundation as he talks about his role what his duties as the president of the Oral Health Charity are, and the concept of Blue Wednesday, why they chose Blue Wednesday to represent the name, to commemorate the day designated to remember the impact of mouth cancer, which can be lethal and cost us lives. He talks about raising awareness, getting people to ask the questions and start conversations about mouth cancer and raise awareness about mouth cancer. And James will be talking on the concept of Purple Tuesday, the moral behind the story of how the idea of Purple Tuesday came about, why it's always been commemorated on the first Tuesday of November as the designated day and the concept of being celebrated in November and the true essence of its celebration.
2: Sport Tech with Abu. Catch the latest interviews from the professionals of the specialized fields. Singers, charities for the blind and from blind sports athletes. My name is Ben Atkins. I'm the past president of the Oral Health Foundation, a charity which focuses on improving the oral health of the nation. It's more of a governance role to make sure the charity is spending its money wisely and making sure it's protecting the patients. It's how most charities work. They oversee the direction and strategy within the business.
0: This Blue Wednesday, could you tell us a bit more about that? Blue Wednesday, the campaign's about raising awareness about mouth cancer to get people more aware of early signs of mouth cancer and to get people into the habit of actively checking their mouth as signs of cancer. What's the connection
2: between Blue Wednesday and oral cancer? What does oral cancer or mouth cancer have to do with Wednesday? Because quite Generally, new to this concept of mouth cancer. The reason why we chose a Wednesday is it means people often can be involved with through their work, through their family, and mouth cancer is uh, cancer in the UK is roundabout nearly 9,000 cancers confirmed every single year. It's increased by about 30% over the last decade, doubling within the last generation. Nine out of ten of us have now heard of mouth cancer, but that's the whole aim of this Blue Lip Wednesday is to raise that awareness for people like yourself to say, what does that mean? How does that affect me? well, Why are they doing that? So it's more of a stimulatory discussion on increasing the awareness of mouth cancer. Is it because of the numbers that you're increasing the awareness yes it is mouth cancer is it is increased by about 30 percent over the last decade which mouth is a very it's one of the only cancers which is really growing and it's really important to us to, to increase the awareness of the signs and symptoms of mouth cancer because very few people are aware of it often very few people are aware of the signs and symptoms of about about 17 percent according to our research that's a lot of patients present with mouth cancer in stage four. Whether whether mouth cancer is the most advanced, so that's why it's critical to get regular checks with your dentist. Be aware if you have a an ulcer that's not healing in your mouth. You must if you can't see a dentist, go and see a pharmacist and they'll help you out. If something feels wrong in your mouth, get it checked out. Basically.
0: Do you know any celebrities have this as well? Or when is it normally done? This uh, Blue Wednesday is it a certain day and time set? Or can you just do it whenever in a Blue Wednesday? Ah, we're we're having
2: this Blue Wednesday for our charity on November the 16th. And it's part of our Mouth Cancer Action Month, which is this month at the moment. So it gives patients that ability to access any of our websites, any of our information and it's really important to get make people aware of these lesions in their mouths
3: to catch them early. How long has the perception of mouth cancer been around and how long has it been
1: commemorated for? Blue Wednesday, um, mouth cancer action months have been around for about 20
2: years now and since the beginning we've run a, a like a blue ribbon appeal you can see on the lapel. But around about a quarter of a million of those will will be worn during mouth cancer month. And it shows a real good support the public have for mouth cancer and that's understanding because mouth cancer can be very, very it's it's one of the most destructive cancers because you see it. You see the after effect, you see the fact people can't eat, they can't drink properly, it's the, the effects of mouth cancer on patients is, is can be you in very, very traumatic. So the earlier we catch mouth cancer, the better.
0: The blue ribbon that you said, could you just explain a bit more about that to our viewers? Why do you have that as well?
2: Mouth cancer, it's one of those ribbons you can wear all year. It's an enamel badge that our supporters wear to commemorate to make people talk to ask for for example to get you guys to say what's that about and it's a way to talk and it's it's a it's an interesting thing for our
3: supporters to wear when they go out because I think it's really important to highlight the issue not just through
2: November but throughout the year that people think oh actually you know what I've I've got an ulcer that's not healed let me just get that checked out it could save you life.
0: During lockdown how did you guys Go through the barriers as well, the struggles. How did you get through those barriers?
2: It was really good in lockdown. Our campaigns were very digital. We would be having podcasts we would be having lectures we'd be having supporting practices communicate to their patients even though that they're not there you can still contact your practice and talk things through you can do it virtually so it was a really i was a successful part of our campaign last year we had a a really good response from the general public as well so we have a lot of supporters within the public who've experienced cancer in the mouth as i say it can be a really traumatic journey
0: so it's really important to make sure our message gets across is this done every year and how can people get involved as a volunteer or as a helper in their own city or country around the united kingdom
2: it does happen every year in november we have mouth cancer action month in november and this year you can paint your lips blue to support mouth cancer for the day for november the 16th and if you want to get further information you go to our website at dentalhealth.org and there is a, lots of oral health information on there. There is the mouth cancer information, so if you want to be involved in the Mouth Cancer Action Month, use the website mouthcancer.org and or follow the hashtag mouthcanceraction. There's lots of ways people can become involved in it, even if it's just spreading the message, using all the information that's on our website. And it can be a really positive thing to making sure your community is understanding of what happens and not be worried about it. Actually, So I've got to also ask the questions, because the sooner you diagnose or cancer, the quicker it will be healed and you'll be back on your normal way.
1: How important is it to look after oral health and what impact does it have on your personal hygiene and personal mental health and what are the symptoms of mouth cancer?
2: It's really important to look after your oral health because your mouth is the gateway to the body and it's the way we breathe, the way we eat food. If you don't have a healthy mouth, you can Increase massively. Increase the risk of infections in your body. You can't swallow. You can't eat properly. You can't drink. Speaking becomes a problem. Nutritional deficiencies, facial disfigurement, and it can lead to a lot of depression. By understanding your mouth and making sure it keeps clean, brushing your teeth twice a day with a fluoride toothpaste is is really important. Making sure you reduce the sugar that you eat. Stop smoking. We're supporting the government's plan for 2030 to be a smoke-free community. Understanding what the symptoms
0: are as critical. So if you've got a also, that's not healing, then please contact your dental practice and talk to them and say, oh, there's something going on, I'm not happy with that, can you get it checked out? With a disability like ourselves, with a visual impairment, or if someone's disabled or like any disability, or hidden disability, how easy or hard is it for them to look after their teeth, and what's the process for them, what's the procedure?
2: For me, it depends on the disability. If you have poor oral health, it can affect literally everybody. It's important, especially with a disability, to get to your dentist earlier and speak to your dentist, speak to your dental practice, because they will coordinate treatment for you. There there is no disability we do not treat, we do not support, and by visiting your dentist regularly, that disability shouldn't affect your oral health. So we have ways and means to support every patient on how to brush their teeth.
0: And do you think it's better to have an electric brush or a normal brush, or is that to do with the person... Electric toothbrushes and manual toothbrushes, if used correctly, there is
2: no difference. That's what the research shows. However, very few of my patients use them correctly. Now, I will use an electric toothbrush but it's the one that I've tried them all and I try the one that I really like. It's worth if you don't get on with electric toothbrush. Try a different brand because different people like different things. We know that in society as a whole. So take a step back understanding your oral health and work with your oral professional your dental professional to improve your oral health. Your oral health team can make such a difference by saying look there's this new thing come out. Try this. There might be a new way to clean between your teeth that you didn't think you could do before and there's some really lovely products out there that make things quick clean and effective it's not the which is the best product for you it's will you use it and i think that's the key thing with oral health is as long as you're using it twice a day two minutes twice a day brushing your teeth correctly you can make such a difference what does oral health foundation have planned for this time next year and what are your targets for the next 12 months you're looking to achieve The Oral Health Foundation plans plans for the next year or so to it's a big priority for us to make sure everyone has access to NHS dentistry because some rural areas really struggle with that and everyone deserves to have access to an NHS dentist. We're working with the government to strengthen public health policies, smoke-free 2030, the minimum price for alcohol, extension for me is of the sugar tax and sugar advertising on TV and online.
3: We'll be providing oral health support for the oral health professionals in
2: different patients in the local communities, not just dentists but doctors, nurses, pharmacists and care is. We'll be trying to improve awareness of education of oral health for as many people as possible.
0: With the sugar tax and the smoke free, do you think it will be a progress uh, successful in the future as well, going after 2030 in the future?
2: I think it has. We, we look at everything that we do and we have improved our oral health since the 1970s, a massive difference. Fluoride has made such a difference to the oral health of our country and there are still some big areas of deprivation that we need to support and work with to improve that so there are areas to improve but it is improving and we are doing that we need support from the government that is critical and we also need to support with communities and a- local experts on their own community on how they would tackle those inequalities and make such a difference we can make a difference if we all work together
0: what three best advice would you give to someone that is thinking of uh, using this service and And... Uh, the dentist thing for me the biggest
2: change is making sure you're brushing yourself brushing your teeth twice a day with a fluoride toothpaste and making sure it's an adult fluoride toothpaste on the back of it, it'll say 14 50 parts per million that's the concentration of fluoride visit your dental professional team and they can support you in any journey that you need and also reduce the amount of sugar that people are having in their everyday diet and just take a step back and look at that that can make such a difference too and also stopping smoking do you think there's been a decline in the load Possible change in oral health, and what have you made note on seeing those changes over time? Have people not looked after their teeth properly over time, or has it reduced that uh, looking after the teeth over time? We are looking after our teeth a lot better now, or at least certain areas of society are. But there is certain areas of society that really aren't and they're really struggling with the message we fight regularly with the increased ease of access to sugar so for me it makes such a difference for people to clean their teeth and get access to the correct information it's making such a difference these days so we, we are improving but we still need to keep improving our the cleanliness of our teeth and are there any events coming up for the celebration of blue wednesday and how can people get involved there's lots of events coming up but the best way to access those is looking on our mouthcancer.org or looking for the hashtag mouthcanceraction on all social media channels so for me it's really important to get involved with your community and actually even if you're just having a conversation so if you want any further information access our campaign website on mouthcancer.org and there's even some videos on there how to do a mouth cancer check which is very very useful m-o-u-t-h then
0: cancer which is c-a-n-c-e e r and that's dot org which is o r g children and adults they get braces done what would you say behind that as well when people get their braces done what do you think's behind that as well is that good thing as well for children
2: i do think it's a good thing i think it's people's more and more awareness of why their mouths are important and why we clean them and make such a difference It, it really is important for patients to understand why and value their teeth and that's a it's a proof that more people want a lot more aesthetical treatment done now. It makes a big difference to their lives.
0: And if someone's tooth falls out like a child or little children their teeth falls out what should they do with their teeth uh, throw it away or what should they do with it
2: my children put up the the tooth under the pillow for the tooth fairy so it depends on their baby it's usually their baby teeth it's really important to visit your dentist and check out them make sure they're okay and understand what what's happening with their new adult teeth because when the baby teeth come through the only thing that parents like myself can understand is the adult teeth are on their way so it's really important to have a look at that. I think 10, 20 years down the line, I'm hoping that we'll solve NHS access for everybody. And I'm hoping that would happen in the next few years. But the real aim would be to get people's awareness and really create awareness of the facts that cause mouth cancer and reduce those things like smoking, things like alcohol consumption, and get people to really value their mouths because it can make such a difference in their lives.
0: With this organisation, what is their plans? Is this going to be success going forward as well every year? Because it's very good to hear it's going successful.
2: I think it will be successful, but the, the main thing we look at is that this is a charity rather than a government group, a government body. We, we're a charity that focuses for the education of the patients, so we'll keep fighting and educating the patients about the cancer awareness and improving oral health. We're getting more successful every year the campaign grows, but it's really important that we support every area of society to do that.
0: Fantastic. And like you said, with education, uh, do you guys... Uh, get people on for apprenticeship or voluntary education or is that done through the organisation they have a look and then they go through the process?
2: We generally support the organisations for education about oral health and there's a lot of dental practices dental companies that, who do more supporting for education of young um, course and things so we will work with the government to increase access for oral health to like doctors to pharmacists and support
0: in that role how can people once again get contact with you on social media or email phone what is the best way the
2: best way to access information is going on the website which is mouthcancer.org or if you want information about your oral health it's the dental health Health.org website. Pop into Google Mouth Cancer Action Month. Hashtag which links it all together is hashtag Mouth This is Ben Atkins. I am the past president of the Oral Health Foundation. You're listening to Sport Pep with Abu. Listen on all major podcast services, including the likes of Spotify, Apple Music, ACAS, Google Podcasts.
4: I'm James. I work at Purple. I work. As part of the Purple Tuesday team, so I engage with organisations to attempt to receive they have any internal projects to improve their accessibility, whether that's via um, a web audit or um, an audit of a physical space. And of course, if they want to join um, our campaign as well, which is the Purple Tuesday campaign, which is all about improving the accessibility of a customer experience, which can increase the autonomy and authority that an individual has over their own choice. Um, and so they're then able to have a more accessible experience when they go out onto a high street. It's it because our CEO who is Mike Adams and he's part of the sure 100 list he went and done some Christmas shopping with his partner at the time and they went into over 20 shops in one day and over three-quarters of them basically didn't interact with him at all so they were both going around and they were both asking questions Mike has a disability and his partner doesn't and he kind of thought, well, why is this happening, um, or what is maybe one one of the reasons why it is happening? And he concluded that it boiled down to the confidence of those individuals with feeling like they had enough education to maybe know what a person who has a disability may like about their needs or just how to approach them. And it links into lots of historical stigma around how often, if you have a disability, it's more hidden. So he approached a lot of high street retailers and. He He set up a roundtable event to say, look, people who've have a disability they want to shop they want to have that experience as any other customer does and I think one way around that is to ensure that
0: the staff have education so they feel a bit more confident in interacting with someone who has a disability just as confident as, as it would do anyone else that will then mean that you'll get more people in your shop and so there's a benefit for them but also it creates a more fair and equal experience for everyone so Michael anyone else can then ask a question and they can actually get an answer to them as opposed to the person who is standing next to them. So that was how it kind of came around and the goal is just to improve the accessibility of all products and services, whether they're in a shop or online, to enable people to have more of an authentic experience. Going forward, we recently had the event for Purple Tuesday. It's the first week of the November and it always plans on a Tuesday. And why is that? It lands on the first first
4: actual Tuesday of every November, we um, have had a bit of an internal um, talk about this, whether it should be a set date, because obviously the first time that it's Tuesday in November, say next year, is actually the 7th, because I think of the 1st of November is a Thursday, so by the time the first actual Tuesday comes around, it's the 7th. So for the last five years, it's been as it is, but we are maybe thinking um, of of making it a date, but I think we're going to stick with it being the first actual Tuesday
0: of that month. How come it's only in November and it starts on the same day of November as well, uh, the month of November, and then you've got uh, purple Chisel, How come it's Always been on a Tuesday Basically
4: I think it came From a Cyber Monday And a Black Friday So it was something For like um, the, um, A customer Or a shopper And the Organisations Could um, kind of Really like Identify with But it was just An extension of that It is It is a celebration Of it, Of the achievements That organisations Have done Over the past year So yes It is a big day But we're Extremely keen That it's an Authentic Day that that isn't just um, like a like that isn't just there for a show. So everyone who signs up, be they sponsoring it or whether they're a participant which doesn't have any cost attached, they have to make a commitment. And it can be as simple as having a sensory hour in your shop at least one day every single week, or you can do whatever other activities fit your organisation. But every year you make at least one commitment, some Times you get organisations that make five or six if they've got the scope to do that. But you
0: have to make a commitment, so there has to be that element of social change and uh, improving an experience for well for all individuals, but in particular those who have a disability. It's a celebration uh, event then, but it's meant to encourage change throughout the entire year. What advice would you give to someone like myself with a disability? I don't shop that much in shopping centres or like that because it's too busy or it's too hectic. Golder. So, what advice would you give to someone with a disability? I've got some less visible uh, versions of a disability as well. I'd probably have to find out a bit more um, about yourself and what the actual barriers are for you because obviously we can make certain things that maybe fit most uh, situations. You can always take a look out for organizations that are publicly saying, like, you know, we have a sensory hour here or we've um, signed up and we're working with an organization like Purple or maybe another one because that then that might kind of give you some sort of confidence or some sort of signposting that once you're in the shop or wherever else is the staff
4: might have a bit more education or m- more experience. In general, there's lots and lots of um, apps out there that can tell you um, what kind of accessibility features a shop has. Um, you could always take a look at people's website and say if you have certain types of autism they kind of give you a live tour of the site so you know what to expect um, in advance of going there, which can help kind of s- some people. Um, ultimately, of course, we want to get to a point in time where people can just be as spontaneous as they like and therefore don't have to do this kind of equation work in the head just to go out and maybe see friends or whatever else. But it's all part of a journey. Everyone's wherever they are. We're keen to call in and work with anyone or anybody. And we are still actually on a journey ourselves. We're still learning and we just want to help everyone else become more inclusive.
0: I'm part of a sight loss charity in Manchester, Great Manchester, and you must have heard one in Essex as well. So how important is that other sight loss charities are looking into this purple Tuesday and how do you think it's uh, grown? I think
4: there's probably quite a lot in that because obviously people who have experienced some sight loss however that has happened to them whether it's something that they were born with or something they have acquired they they themselves or however much some sight they do or do not have so it can be classed um, as a, a disability that is less visible to the public and I think there's a real expansion of appreciation of disabilities that are less visible to kind of culture at large and I think we're just at the start of maybe like a bit of a change curve or maybe a bit of a mindset curve around employers and just like a society in general and I think that the work of um, any charity or anyone who goes out um, and volunteers their own time just just like to help others is absolutely vital there's been a lot of charities and um, a lot of organizations that have come before us and i hope that they actually stay around and they continue to grow because it's not up to one organization to kind of come along and claim that they've got all the answers to absolutely everything i think i think
0: there's uh, a lot to be said for people kind of working in a collaboration with each other and That's what we try to do with people like um, um, the Hidden Disability uh, 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 Organisation, for example, um, who we've got a very um, good relationship with. We went to the Arndel the other week and also last year we did at the Trafford Centre, but it is still trying to get awareness out there for shoppers and people with a busy environment how to make it accessible for all disabilities not only for visual impairment autistic, or disabilities all disabilities out there because some people not know what a disabled person is to a visually impaired person or a deaf person I think that's also
4: another really big thing that you've just introduced there under the 2010 Act what is classed as a disability is fairly broad in and on itself whether it's something that has a physical effect on you or a neurological or a mental effect for example that if you've had had cancer even if you have been mission for 10 or 15 years or however long you still have rights under that act you still cast as someone who would have rights under the disability act so i think the general education of the public and of employers as to what constitutes a disability is definitely something that um has kind of started and is getting better but i still think there's a long way to kind of go with that
0: what Three best tips would you say for any person with any disabilities when they're going to shop or when they're approaching or online? To give kind of general advice
4: for people regardless of what the disability may be. If, like, you're going out and um, and you're planning a journey, maybe do some research um, on the area and the shop that you are going in. Unfortunately, we're still in a time where you probably have to phone ahead and kind of find that out. I hope that in the long run, as I say everyone's life can be a bit more spontaneous and all the reasonable adjustments are already in place But you probably still are at a time Where you probably have to find out What kind of accommodations and adjustments A place can make um, or
0: has in place for you That would probably be like my top thing I guess As well as what I mentioned earlier About seeing if they have a disability Sunflower scheme or any other schemes That you know could help you So like you said you had a disability yourself So could you tell our listeners What disability you have And uh, how does it affect your life when you go to a shop Other than my stutter Which isn't As pronounced As, as it was um, I don't think My dyslexia Affects me In terms uh, of a shopping experience I'll give you an example That happened On Saturday actually So I was with my son And um, uh, There's a shop That we wanted To kind of go in
4: But it didn't Open for Half an hour So we just kind of st- stopped somewhere um, and got a drink, Um, and, you know, when you go to um, these um, places that sells either tea or coffee, they often ask you what your name is, so they put the name on the side of the coffee cup so they can call it out after it's done. So I had a lady at the till, she asked me my name, and for whatever reason, my kind of stutter kicked in as such, and um, I I couldn't get uh, that word out. And obviously, you know, everyone should know, well, I guess the uh, the assumption um, is that everyone knows
3: their own name. So there was a bit of an awkward moment where she kind of stared at me and then she kind of, maybe from her point of view, she uh,
4: had a bit of a joke to maybe kind of kind of kill whatever tension had built up. Like, a, oh, have you forgotten your own name or whatever else there? And then I had to say, no, sorry, just give me a minute. Um, I've got a stutter. So I just had to take a breath and try to get such a basic piece of information out for such a, a normal um, interaction. And I know she like, shouldn't mean anything by it, really, but it just made me feel like i try trying to awkward. It's not like a massive thing. It's one of those um, smaller things where if um, you just know that if someone has a stutter, you don't try to finish any words that they are saying. You just let them get there in their own way. But I don't really, I don't hold anything against her. It's just probably something she hasn't ever encountered in the past. So I get those smaller things like that. But that's the only main way that I'm
0: affected as a consumer. Going forward, what have you got in the crystal ball, like, in the future planned with the organisation and yourself?
4: Well, this year was the first year that we expanded outside of the UK. We were in the UEA, um, Pakistan and the US. So I guess next year, our plans are to continue to work with individuals and organisations um, in the UK, but also to really grow that message internationally and make make everyone feel like they're part of, like, a, a global movement. It's been five years so I think the next five years as such, even though we obviously don't know exactly how that is going to pan out, I think there's a social need for this kind of small adjustment in the way that people who have disability are actually viewed, in that they are of a lot of value. You know, they can contribute either as a consumer or as a worker or just as an individual in society, just as much as anyone else. There just needs to be an understanding of potentially, you know, how they get to contribute. And once those um are removed or at least made as less as possible then i think um all the talent that our community has can certainly come through but i think coming back um, we we are just we are just going to try to push that message out and continue to grow in the new areas of the actual movement um, and the campaign has um spread
0: into that's fantastic and if people want to get in contact with yourself or with social media email how can they contact you guys yourself or the organization i'm very
4: active on linkedin most organizations are so you can either take a look at purple tuesday page on linkedin or my page james fullerhan um or you can take a look at our website there's a there's
0: an email address you can use there and there's also a comments section where if you leave a comment we will get back to you because we get told that so yeah So what is the email address and the website?
4: The website address is purpletuesday.co and the email address is hello at purpletuesday.co We're in Essex. We reach out across the whole of the country. We've done work with the Scottish Government. Um, some organisations in Ireland. We obviously have some national and international companies on board, so that work will be going across all of the UK. The event, as it's now become quite a stable thing, we we are looking, nothing is confirmed, but we are looking to potentially have something happening on the day in Scotland and Ireland and somewhere in the Midlands or the northern part of England. We have ambassadors that live there, so we, we, we do understand now that um, in terms of the impact to be felt across all of the UK and across all of those countries that I mentioned that we have expanded into for there to be multiple things happening on one day I mean this year we had about seven different events happening um, across all of the time zones that we're in but we are looking to, to do kind of multiple things within England and Scotland um, and Wales and Ireland as well we've engaged with an organisation over there which is called the Seed Foundation and so they um, reach out to organisations um, impacting Pakistan and engage them with what the movement is and what you have to do to actually come on board. It was the first year there, so the day and the event is kind of like a kickoff and then throughout the next year they will go through their work and um, see what aspects other commitments can be done and the next year they'll have the events again. So that's how we've expanded out there. I'm James Newlerhan and I'm a business development manager at Purple Tuesday. You're listening
0: to Sport Tech with Abu. Where, where, are, you where are you going? Are you going online? Or you want to go in the air? Because we're joined with Abu Bakr and Abdul Rahman on the Sport Tech with Abu podcast. Comment, like and share on Sport Tech with Abu. My
5: name is Ben Atkins, I'm the past president of the Oral Health Foundation which is a chapter. Tra- that aims to improve oral health for all. This month, we are focusing on mouth cancer, which is one of the most fast-growing cancers in the UK at the moment. It's a subject that's close to my heart because I've lost a couple of friends through mouth cancer. It's a real challenge for those patients who have it, especially at the moment in the current climate. Uh,
1: Please, can you explain in a little bit more detail about the effects of oral cancer and elaborate on the risk factors it's
5: one of those cancers that if you've had mouth cancer, there's a lot of side effects afterwards. Some, If, if you get cancer of the tongue, for example, mm. you might have to learn to chew, eat and talk differently again. So. Everyone, it must be very, very challenging. Please cite the psychological effect on patients who've had mouth cancer. Because for me, everyone often knows you've had mouth cancer afterwards. It's a subject people talk about, and even if you don't want to, it's it, it's it must be a challenging journey to go through. So the rehabilitation is is a lot more challenging because there's a big psychological effect in there the risk facts for cancer are like a lot of other cancers especially alcohol smoking and there is also the hpv virus which is a, a factor that does increase the risks of mouth cancer so it's a real challenge with patients it's another reason to stop smoking it's another reason to stop drinking any form of alcohol i find conversations with patients it'll never happen to me people avoid it oh i smoke 30 40 cigarettes for 30 40 years it's nothing's ever happened and and those difficult behavioral change journeys are amazing when they change because you reduce that risk factor dramatically if you stop smoking it's a real journey for our patients when they suddenly get diagnosed with cancer and we've got to look after them and their families to make sure that the rest of the mouth is looked after because there's lots of other factors that can come in as well
1: Oh. Are you working with other organizations like the cigarette companies and manufacturers to prevent mouth cancer
5: one of our big roles with the foundation is we are, we lobby government so we, one of the biggest successes we've had over the past five or ten years is the fact that boys now have the hpv vaccination so it, it, it's across the board We lobby and work with, um, we lobby government on legislation, sugar taxes, we lobby them on tobacco legislation. So it's not just patient-facing educational matters we do. We work with and around government on legislation and improving the education of our professionals on how we can prevent mouth cancer in the first place.
1: In what ways are people able to counteract and fight against the potential risk, but of all cancer
5: really the big driver is diet and making sure that you're eating healthy a balanced diet so your body is is able to combat any issues so making sure you've got a really balanced diet making sure you're not smoking and if you can stop that visit your nhs they will have a stop smoking service which is which is really important speak to someone about it and they will support you through that journey I can't impress on how important it is to stop smoking. And there is other factors like chewing betel quid and that sort of thing, and chewing betel nut, which in certain areas in society, that's quite prevalent. So those are lots of factors. We also talk about, obviously, the fact of the sun on the lips and that sort of stuff. So it's really important to wear your sunblock when you're going out in a really harsh, harsh sun weather.
1: So can ignoring the mouth lead to the state of your mouth? Can ignoring that lead to other causes of cancer? And does does the ignorance of taking care of oral health play a vital role in other cancers' developments?
5: Yes, for me, visiting your dentist as regularly as we recommend and really focusing on your toothbrushing twice a day with an adult fluoride toothpaste And reducing that sugar intake makes a dramatic effect on the system on the rest of your body so your teeth are so important for smiling for chewing without a good oral hygiene you do risk considerably the rest of your body with heart disease with lung disease with for example we've just been through covid and having a really good oral hygiene will reduce viral load in your system because that's how the back gets in. we've got a door open with our mouth into our body you'd almost compare teeth with bones sticking through your gum so if you had a bone through your arm you'd look after it you'd make sure it heals so if you've got anything form of bleeding in your mouth make sure you get rid of that and brush your teeth and really look at and learn how to do that
1: and can you explain how sugar impacts or cancer or any type of cancer how does sugar affect that
5: is a real, it's a demon. I think our children will look back on us like we look back on smoking, you know. And in a long term, that's my personal opinion. And we find that the more sugar you have in your diet, the less balanced your diet is because you're not having the protein, you're not having the fiber. It's about having balance. Sugar is there for energy, but when it comes down to it, if we can just eat carbohydrates, which are locked in to cells and to into fruit, that's far better for you than that massive spike, which puts so much stress in your body and anything that puts stress on our body is stops the body's ability to defend itself so working with your body if you suddenly look at what your depth is, the one thing i did in my life as i took a step back and thought Do you know what if i can tell reduce sugar as much as i possibly can i'll be fitter i can now walk further i can run further my clothes fit a bit better and i'm healthier
1: what if you're not able to brush your teeth twice a day and what if you can manage to brush your teeth once a day or if you manage to miss a day and brush teeth and it creates that imbalance of brushing your teeth what are the leading consequences to that
5: It's a really good question Abdul. i work with a lot of homeless patients who are having frequent access you know to bathrooms and to, to worrying about it so i often to them and say look if you are going to brush you you, realistically you should be brushing your teeth twice a day for two minutes with an adult fluoride toothpaste if you look on the back of fluoride toothpaste it says 1450 parts per million yeah that's an adult toothpaste that's the big thing that's going to change your life so you can go to one of the supermarkets and get an own brand toothpaste and it's going to be just as good effective in the in the fluoride content as the really fancy pants one however For me, you've got to learn how to brush your teeth. Spend a long time in the bathroom. Make sure you're brushing between your teeth as well. So if you're using little interdental brushes or little toothpicks or whatever works for you. We always talk about floss. It's the best thing since sliced bread. But for me, it's whatever the patient can use. So that's really, really important to use what it can do. But I really would encourage patients to brush twice a day because it is really important. Because what happens is you'll find... If you only brush once or every other day, you'll get areas that bleed of your gums, and then you avoid doing it, and the problem just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. So by brushing Mm -hmm. twice a day with a fluoride toothpaste, you make sure you catch every little area, because you might miss a little area once, but you'll get it the second time. Visiting the dentist will deal with the tartar, and they will have a chat with your dentist about that. But the key thing for me is, even if you've got tartar, you can really brush your teeth correctly. If you brush your teeth, you can get rid of that bleeding. The the part I'm worried about is the bleeding of your gums. If your gums are bleeding, Really concentrate on with little into dental brush. There's loads of websites. If you look on the Oral Health Foundation website at the dentalhealth.org, there's loads of instructions on how to brush your teeth. You could even go onto my Instagram page at, at Dental Then, and there's loads of we've done some videos and stuff
1: on there. So. can you elaborate on the early warning signs of oral cancer and whereabouts do these signs appear on the timeline? What stage of life do they come off at?
5: it's basically what you're looking for something that's not healing in your mouth and you don't understand why because you if you get an ulcer in your mouth it's gone within three or four days it's gone sometimes if they're there for a couple of weeks there's a worry so you need to see a dental professional or go to your pharmacist or your doctor and have a chat with them and say look I've got this. It's not healing. What can I do? So that's what i been worried about. Other areas. So if you suddenly got some any big swellings on your neck, um, they're the what's called the lymphatic system that drains into your neck. So have a chat with your doctor then, your dentist mm-hmm. then, and that's why it's really important to visit your dentist really regularly as you possibly can. My name is Ben Atkins. I'm a dentist. I'm the past president of the Oral Health Foundation. You've been listening to Sport Tech with Abu.
1: So what you heard today on the Sport Tech with Abu was the interview with Ben Ben Atkins, who is the president of the Oral Health Foundation, a past president, and you heard him talking about oral cancer, the effects of oral cancer, and you heard James Houlihan talking about Purple Tuesday, the moral of the story and how the idea of Purple Tuesday was introduced by the CEO of Purple Tuesday, why it's always commemorated on Tuesdays. And you heard Ben Atkins again, this time in conversation with myself, Abdul, and He was talking about the risk factors of oral cancer and the impact sugar has on our body and our diet and its connection to oral cancer.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sport Tech with Abu today with various platforms of interviews specialising in their special needs and various topics that we cover every episode. So... Please give us a like, comment, share, and please subscribe to the Sport Tech with Abu. And also you can find me on more various of social media platforms as well, such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So Facebook page is Abu Bakr Sports and Technology. Facebook ID is Abu Bakr Ishtiak. And Twitter is Abu Ish 30. That's A-B-U-I-S-H 30 as the number 30. And my Instagram is Abu Bakr Ishtiak. That's A-B-U-B-A-K-R i-s-h-t-i-a-q so please give a like comment share and
3: subscribe to my sport tech with abu because we cover every angle